Alex Magleby here, CEO and co-founder of the New England Free Jacks, and you're watching the Jacks Rangers show. Huzzah, friends! Let's ride! Huzzah, Rangers! This is Phil Harris again here at the Jacks Rangers show. If you thought losing to LA by our Free Jacks down there at an empty coliseum would get us in a bad mood, you're absolutely wrong. We are broadcasting from the Granite Outpost in beautiful Manchester, New Hampshire. Got a humongous show this time around. It is rivalry week. No rest for the wicked, baby. We're up against our rivals, Hoboken RFC, the world-famous semi-finalists. They've got no shield to show for it, but they got a lot of thin-skinned social media interns. Here we go. Hit the theme music, baby. All right, Rangers. I know a lot of people listening to this, all of our Ranger brother and sisters out there will be headed down to Hoboken, New Jersey this Sunday. Uh, my girlfriend, Caitlin, and I will be joining you on the march down to see our beloved Free Jacks against the Hoboken RFC, New Jersey Dirt Peckers, whatever you want to call them. They love to call themselves New York, but they play in New Jersey. We know the deal with this team. Uh, teach a small child to make fun of rugby New York, please. Uh, you'll be doing the future generations a great service. Every day is a great day to hate rugby New York. I was about to say Rugby United New York, but they're now New York divided. Whatever the hell you want to call them, they, this team has had three logo changes and two name changes in four years. So just wanted to throw that out there here for Rivalry Week. Let's talk about Phil's last ride, which is the charity that we're doing here for the Jacks Ranger Show this season. What is involved here is I am growing a Carolina waterfall, which is a mullet. I will be shaving it all off at the end of the year. Um, our goal is $1,000. We're right now at two hundred and. I did want to put in a couple of incentives for you guys. If we get to 500, I'm going to go ahead and bleach my hair completely blonde, which will be pretty cool. And then once we get into 750, I'm going to go ahead and, and throw in a little bit of navy blue and red Free Jacks colors into the mullet to make it look oh so good prior to the clippers coming out at the end of the season to shave it all off, cut it all off, buzz it all off, whatever you want to say. Wanted to remind you guys that this and every episode of the Jack's Ranger Show is brought to you by the Jack's Ranger Show merch store. So we do have a store, guys, on our website, which is jacksrangers.com forward slash store. Make sure that you stock up on your Jack's Rangers gear prior to the first game, which is rapidly approaching. We're essentially like 12 days away. Um, if you want to get your order there prior to the first game of the season, I would recommend ordering this week to get that merch out to you so that you can wear it and rock it at the game. I will definitely be wearing my stuff, so I hope to see you and yours. All the best Rangers out there wear the Jacks Rangers show merchandise. So the lineup here, guys, I told you that we had a really excellent episode and I'm not lying here for episode 30. We've got an excellent lineup of Quentin Newcomer, who plays prop for the Free Jacks the past couple of years. Quentin has been hobbled with injury this year, but a super nice guy. Hope to see him out there. He, Ryan Martin said on this podcast prior to him leaving that Quentin Newcomer really impressed him going up against seasoned internationally capped players and holding his own. So I can't wait to see Quentin back on the pitch sometime soon for our Free Jacks. And then we'll jump over to the Outriders segment where we break down the loss to LA, the preview for the New Jersey game. And Bozo6 on, is on vacation, so we've got his thoughts from last week in rapid reactions and his picks. Not a great 
great start to Bozo 6 in terms of picks uh, from last week. We'll get all into that. And then finally, our our favorite New York fan, super fan, I should say, Scott, the big guy Ferrara from the Rugby Network and also the Rugby Rant Pod has joined us um, breaking down our game against New Jersey slash New York, whatever the hell they're calling themselves this week. So look forward to all of this stuff here. Super excited about this episode. Let's get right into it with uh, the episode. Here we go. Huzzah. Let's ride, baby. Huzzah, Rangers. This is Phil Harris again here at the Jacks Rangers show. I'm joined as always by my brother, Dave, Yeti poet Dave. Of course, he's here. And we got a very special guest this time around, a current Free Jacks player, Quentin, newcomer. Quentin, how the hell are you? Doing well. How are you guys? Pretty good, man. Pretty good. Uh, Let's jump right into it. Where are you from? So I am from Fairfax, Virginia. It's probably like a 15-minute ride outside of D.C. Mm-hmm. Uh, I grew up there my entire life and then went to college in Richmond. Um, didn't find rugby, though, until I went to Steamboat. So Steamboat, Colorado, I guess that's where my rugby connection starts. Wow. Um, so how, did you just get invited to come out and play, or how did that work? Uh, so I went out there for a summer to work with my uncles. Uh, they both live out there. And I was by myself you know, very like small ski town, not much of a social, you know, environment out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was actually working landscaping on this guy's patio and he's like, Hey, looks like you can push a lot of bricks in that wheelbarrow. You should come out for the rugby team, you know, see if you like it. Nice. So ever since that day, you know, the rest has been history. Um, so I know that you and the Eagle went uh, to apply your trade or polish your tools, if you will, out there in New Zealand. Um, tell me about your favorite memory with the Eagle out there in New Zealand. <laughs> uh, yeah. there's so many yeah uh, i would say probably like our first game which is pretty you know a very awesome experience uh like their saturday really is a rugby day like the entire town will empty out and they'll come watch their kids play at 9 a.m and then watch the premier side play you know shortly thereafter um they've got a pretty big setup so the clubhouse that we were at somewhere they had a really nice um you know seating area for all the fans to come and watch mm-hmm um, I remember Kyle was getting his first pass on, you know, like a tank or what have you. He's getting ready to hit it up in the middle. And as soon as Kyle caught the ball, you know, mullets flown in the air, you can like hear noticeably like how much louder the crowd got. And then ever since then, they were like, just keep screaming, pass it to the American, pass it to him, <laughs> let him run it. So that was just great to see. So That's awesome. it was awesome to see like, you know, how welcome we were accepted there as well. So it was a very unique experience. Yeah. Is it true that you have eight siblings? And if it is, is it hard keeping track of who's who? <laughs> yeah, so that, that is true, actually. Um, so they're all half siblings or step. Okay. Um, so that's how, you know, that number has gotten so large. Um, just two big families combining. Yeah. But it definitely is hard to keep track of everybody, you know, especially in the holidays. The house gets loaded and then, you know, it's just pure mayhem. But, you know, it's great. Very cool. Um, so Northern Virginia is kind of its own animal, but it's technically the South. I think you're the only Southern player on the team. Um, so what's more Southern, grits or NASCAR? I hate grits, so I'll say NASCAR. Whoa, whoa, interesting. Those are fighting words, pal. Um, I, I got know. grits in the cupboard right now. Yeah. yeah what's your uh, go-to recipe? Um, so when I was a um, – a student at Carolina, they kind of blew my mind because they put chicken broth in the grits instead of water. And I was just like, 
It was, it's so good, but I don't eat any of that stuff anymore, like uh, in terms of animal products. So what my go-to is just uh, typical recipe, but just add in like vegan cheese. Delicious, delicious. Yeah, I got a unique one. I'll only eat it. So I grew up with a very unique taste buds for sweets. So I'd only eat grits with jelly. Oh, yes. Uh, yes, I've heard people, yeah. some people like that. Yeah. Yeah, every um, time I do that, it's always get the weird eye, but, you know, it's the way I like it. So what I you like do them sweet myself, but I'm I'm just butter and sugar. Just yeah. little, you know, just sweeten it up, get it a little bit rich, and I'll call yeah, it a little exactly. I mean, technically, three Southerners on the horn right now, Dave. I mean, you you're born and raised in the South as well. You've been here a little bit longer than I have, so that's that's a first as well um, for this show. Uh, what are you guys all from? If you don't mind me sidetracking you. Uh, oh no I'm problem. From East, I'm from East Tennessee. My family, both both sides of my family, go back uh, a while there. Southwest Virginia, East East Tennessee. Okay. I'm from Western North Carolina, right on the border of South Carolina. Like literally, I could throw a rock when I'm at my hometown and hit South Carolina. So that's why I went went to the University of South Carolina. It's about an hour south of my hometown. Nice. Gotcha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My people were the hill folk, the real. Yeah. Appalachia, you know, scratch farmers <laughs> up there in the mountains. That's yeah. the nice. Yeah. Uh, so tell us your impressions of the first full season of the Free Jacks. And uh, that was in 2021, of course. What was your f- impression of those guys? Yeah. So, I mean, I guess to kind of like give like a real impression, like 2020 obviously cut short due to COVID. You know, I think us going one and four, we kind of realized, you know, we had some shortfalls and we had some things that we really needed to work on. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I think I credit this to the management, and, you know, the ownership group and everything like that. Um, you know, I think from 2020 to 2021, you see this massive step in professionalism and, you know, kind of like really wrapping everything up and tying it nicely in a bow. Um, you know, obviously can't speak enough about, you know, the coaching staff, um, Martin and Willux, you know, I think that's one of like the big things other that MLS has been able to hang its hat on is every year you see aggression and talent and coaching and, you know, what have you, and it really makes the product on the field a lot more better. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I think 2021 was, a you know, for the first full year for the Free Jacks, I think it was a great success. You know, granted, we got knocked out of the playoffs, but, you know, to come back, have our first games against, you know, everybody in the Eastern Conference, you know, drop some of those, but then round it off in the second half of the season and kind of clean the slate. Yeah. You know, I think that set the tone for what was going to happen this year. Couldn't agree more. I mean, it seems like we've just been getting getting better and better each year as an organization, and also the product on the pitch. There, right now, we're two and zero heading into the next game um, where we're recording this. But uh, what is your favorite moment overall as a free jack so far? Oh. Put me on the spot with those hard questions. <laughs> Honestly, so I'll say my favorite part of being free jack was you know i don't know if you've heard about mass Ave last year so no. mass Ave was a you know i guess a second purpose dormitory for english as a second language students for harvard and somehow free jacks were able to get a hold of that for last year's housing whoa so really? 15 of us in this house and you know just bringing everybody together it was just an amazing time you know all the guys hanging out everybody being a part of everybody uh you know the two South Africans, Kyle, or not Kyle, um, Eric and Peter, they go out and start a barbecue. And then all of a sudden, you know, I'm upstairs and I start to smell the smoke, run across the street, grab a couple of sausages, go out on the grill. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's just a giant powwow with everybody in the house. 
That's awesome. I think just, you know, all the countless memories made and, you know, all the good weekends of games being won and hanging out, can't replace them. For sure. That's awesome. Uh, tell us, uh, you know, this year's team compared to last year, what's the big differences? What do you think about this team compared to previous years? You know, honestly, I think that's another good question. <laughs> Should have gotten a little precursor for this question so I could prepare better. But, um, you know, I think one of the things that TK mentioned when he was building this year's team was that he wants to make sure that everybody's well-rounded, you know, good individuals. Not to say that that wasn't the case last year. Obviously, last year was everybody's fantastic. But I think just kind of expanding on that, like having depth of quality guys, you know, good gentlemen to kind of like carry on and, you know, build up what the free jacks are, you know, yeah. trying to accomplish and what they're looking forward to building. And, you know, I think he's definitely hit the nail on the head with that. Everybody that you meet in the free jacks, yeah. you know, they're all here for the pur- same purpose and, you know, looking forward to bettering rugby. Awesome. So this uh, question is much easier. I'll let you off uh, uh, with this one here. What is the who has the best hair on the team, in your opinion? I could go Kyle with the easy answer, right? Yeah. Yep. yep. But I will say, I think Cam DeVitowitz's mullet's been growing on me. Yeah. It's a, it's a bit like more that. curly, right? It's, it's a bit poofier. It's yeah. a bit more, uh, you know, business casual, well kept, maintained. Absolutely. Yeah. All so right. I'm sure Kyle will have some choice words for me when he sees us. Yeah, I'm sure he will. I, you know, I think, um, I think the overall, for most people, the obvious choice is Kyle, but you're right. Cam's got a sneaky good mullet for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, he's got the blonde, you know, the frosted situation. Yes. There's a there's a couple, you know, there's a couple dark horse candidates. For sure. Dave, I'll let you take over. All right. Um, so Quentin, you started out, I believe, as a loose head prop and you moved across the scrum over to tight head. Um what when did you start making that switch and start training for tight head? Why did you make it and what was that process like? So it's funny because I started out when I was playing in Colorado as a loose head. And it's funny because I've got a video clip of me scrumming in a cow pie tournament, which is a big tournament out there. And my scrum mechanics and technique are just got awful. <laughs> so it wasn't until, you know, my good buddy, Chris Bowman, who's a former USA Eagle, he's like, all right, like you got to start really taking in, you know, these techniques if you want to like kind of like have a go at this. And so, you know, he was his one piece of advice was if you're able to scrum both sides, you know, you become more valuable to any team, right? And so I kind of like took that with a grain of salt and I was like, okay, yeah, but you know, I think there's still valuable in any specialized, you know, loose head or tight head prop. Um, ultimately, when I came up to the Free Jacks, uh, circa the Carrot Cup, I was a loose head prop. Um, but it wasn't until halfway through the season, they're like, all right. We're going to transition you over to tight head prop. I think your strength might be able to like parlay well with, you know, tight head being able to anchor down the scrum. Um, so that was kind of the, you know, play from there leading into 2020 as well. However, with 2021, um, Mardo gave me a call one day and he was like, hey, like, you know, have you ever scrum loose head? You know, we might be able to give you a shot if you might be able to go. And I was like, yeah, like that's where I started. I'll go back. And so ever since you know, last season, I think I've kind of solidified myself as, you know, personally myself, like I think loose has the best option for me. I think it's more comfortable and, yeah. you know, but obviously having the versatility is always good. Excellent. Yeah. 
that's a great answer. I, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, it's always good to give you problems. I, you know, I, I was always a tight head, um, cause I had, you know, kind of a different mentality going to the scrums, but it's definitely great to be able to do both. Um, you've put a lot of work into improving your skills since you joined the free jacks. Uh, what's something that you focused on? You talked about scrummaging a little bit already. Um, uh, or even just a scrummaging technique that you feel really helped to move you up to the level you're at now, or, or but not necessarily scrummaging, whatever you think. Yeah, because I mean, so growing up, I played lacrosse, wrestling, football. Um, you know, obviously, like those are all different sports compared to rugby, but I think the wrestling and being able to like understand like body mechanics and whatnot, like I think that really like played like a big success in being able to pick up scrummaging really quickly. Um, you know, obviously like I'm far away from like any, you know, I would say consider myself like a good scrummager, like always learning to improve. Um, but it's funny when I first came up, I had like the worst hands. Like I had like two frying pans, two stones, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I remember the old mystic coach Smitty trying to make me go through like a passing drill. And I think I literally dropped every single pass. And so like, I was kind of like, I, I was very like concerned. I was like, crap, I might've just cut my uh, ticket up here in Boston, like very shortly. <laughs> so I remember going to flight that used to be like the old um, uh, free jacks gym. And they had like that ball that was like cut in half and you basically like a wall ball, right? Yep. So like after every workout, like I would go out there and like, I'll just work on my passing and catching. And like, I would drag Kyle into, you know, the off side of the gym and make him sit there for like an extra 30 minutes, even though he wanted to go home. And make a pass because <laughs> Kyle's already got the good skills you know he's already much better you know soft hands than I had so torture for him all right we won't tell him you said that uh that's that's great um what's more fun when you're on the field making a really powerful dominant tackle or just absolutely running over a tackler when you have the ball I would say coming from a props perspective giving somebody the truck stick I think that's always, you know, get everybody a little excited. Yeah. It's even better when you got Slade or Justin or Joe there to jump right on him, get the poach, right? Yeah. Um, what is your favorite MLR away game? What's your, you know, what's the coolest city to visit? Where are you excited if you see it? You know, schedule comes out for next season. Say, what's the city that's at the top of your, you know, hope we're going there list? Yeah, so I would say Texas. You know, any team in Texas, love me some barbecue. Love to go out there and go collect all the different barbecue joints. Plus, I've got family in Texas. So, you know, hopefully things go well. I'll be on the trip for AG and, you know, get to play in front of some family and also have some good barbecue. Excellent. That's a good answer. Do you get lots of shots at Texas too? So, you know, <laughs> you yeah. be down there most years. <laughs> um, Next couple of questions just about uh, teammates, coaches, whoever in the organization, just fun stuff. Say you're going old school. It's a rugby away game, four hours driving. You got a carpool with people. Who are your three people, players, coaches, whoever, that you're putting in your car and why? I'm going to go Kyle for one off the bat. And I'll go Harry Barlow and then uh, Eric Diager. And the reason being is because I'll just be an absolute animal in the car. Like, just pure mayhem, jokes ripping everywhere. You know, good time when you're around those fellas. So, be a very quickly four-hour drive. 
Excellent. That's a good answer. It's it's critical to have people who are actually fun to be around for those those tries. Yeah. Um, my last question. I heard last season that Seth was the go-to clubhouse DJ. That he was in charge of the tunes. Has anybody stepped into that role? Do you guys have uh, a designated uh, music guy now? Uh, oddly enough, I think Jesse Peretti just bought a um, couple of decks and speakers. He's got them upstairs. So this morning while I was working, you know, I'm listening to him starting to cut up some tunes. So I think that job is well secured. Excellent. Excellent. He's got, you know, he's got it on lock. That's it for me. Thank you for uh, uh, your time. I know Phil has a few more things that he's going to fire at you, but this has been fun. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate that. Yeah. It's, uh, so, yeah, we appreciate you coming on here, Quentin, obviously. Um, I'm actually wearing your Bus Buddies T-shirt right now. So there you go. <laughs> um, you know, your, your relationship with him, his, excuse me, your relationship with him seems a bit interesting because it's kind of like, you remind me of myself. You seem a bit more reserved and, and you know, not, you know, not exactly like Kyle. And he seems more like, you know, outward, not an introvert type guy. Um, what's, you know, what's your overall perspective of that? Like, why are you and him such good buddies? Why do you, why do you think that is? So it's funny during the care couple, I actually had eaten them. And <laughs> there's a funny reason behind that. It's because I came up and Kyle is still at Bonnet, St. Bonnie's. Yeah. Um, still in college, but I would go to practice every week and keep in mind, like I was, you know, granted to rugby. So like granted, like his skills were a lot better than mine, but I would go to practice every week and then Kyle would get flown into the games so it became like this rivalry of like getting selected, but it wasn't until we went to New Zealand together that we became like best friends, you know, going to the gym together every day, you know, trying to rub the last two dollars we had to like go out and do something fun um, with all those memories. But ever since then, like me and him have become very close and he's actually the best man at my wedding. So wow. it's going to be, you know, one hell of a weekend. I bet um, so. Yeah, but I mean, like, to what you're saying, though, about, like, the different personalities, I think the yin and yang, right? Like, opposites attract to each other. Right. So, sure. you know, ever since that first New Zealand trip, you know, been stuck together by the hip, feels like. Very cool. You had mentioned a moment ago that uh, you were working this morning. Are you still working full time uh, with your job? And how does that work with the, you know, working with the Free Jacks? Like, is that just a time management uh, thing? Yeah, so last year I worked full-time as well. Um, last year I was a contractor for the Homeland Defense and Security Information Analysis Center. It's a pump twister, but, um, you know, fortunately I've been very good with communication and very lucky to have amazing supporting bosses. Um, my current job right now, I'm a contractor uh, supporting California's COVID response. Um, so the good thing about that, though, is there's almost a perfect marriage between the hours. Um, free jacks, you know, relatively wrap things up by 12. I'm on California time. So 12 o'clock okay. here is nine o'clock there. Wow. Um, you know, I'm walking off the field and I'm picking up my work phone, getting dialed into the first meeting. <laughs> so, you know, it is a bit challenging, but, you know, it's definitely worth it. You know, I'd like to think that rugby is not always going to be there. So you need to kind of develop yourself professionally outside, For sure. you know, for when that day does come. All right. Thank you for that answer there. We appreciate that. Um, one word association. So this is something that we do every single episode here. So I'm going to say one word or two words. The first thing that pops in your mind, one word, let us know what it is. Okay. All right. New England. Clam chowder. 
<laughs> All right. Rugby. Free Jacks. Hell yeah. The next one is Free Jacks. Rugby. <laughs> <laughs> All right. New York. Crap. Yeah. The Eagle. Mullet. <laughs> All right. And this little show is the last one. Jacks Rangers. What you got for us? Huzzah. Yeah, that's exactly what we're going to do next. So that was your little warm up there. So and we're going to say that word one more time here in three, two, one. Huzzah. Huzzah. Thanks, Quentin. Huzzah, Rangers. This is Phil Harris again here at the Jacks Rangers show. Once again, joining me is my brother, Dave McVeigh. Dave, how the hell are you? I am doing great. How are you doing, Phil? Not too bad. We've got a Yeti signing, uh, sighting once again here with Dave joining us. Um, I wanted to jump right into it. Obviously, not exactly how we wanted the the game to go against LA. We'll get into that a little bit later on. But you know, obviously, a little bit deflated. But at the same time, you know, we have to have perspective and say this team fought like hell against LA, who's the reigning champions. Um, let me jump over to Bozo Six Rapid Reactions in Round Five Picks. So normally we would have our own segment with Bozo, but right now he's actually down in Disney World trying to capture some of that magic so he can get some uh, some picks right in the future because he had a really bad opening uh, weekend for his picks in Round Four. His uh, these are his comments for Rapid Reactions. So Toronto was at DC. Uh, that was the only game that old Bozo got right. Not much to say here, but D.C. is struggling, and Toronto were, were, are better than their record indicates. Um, Jabroni's at Seattle. Just how good are the AGs? Uh, they've earned enough respect for me to stop calling them Jabronis. Obviously, this is pinned by Bozo, our, our buddy here. Right, um, right. Taking down an undefeated Seawolves team who were riding high was no simple task. Watch out, Western Conference. The AGs stand alone atop the table. Uh, New Jersey at Dallas. I'd like to apologize for getting everybody's hopes up because of my terrible <laughs> prediction. That is all. Um, San Diego at Houston. Way to bounce back on the road for the Legion. Things are heating up out west. And then, of course, our game, New England at L.A. Uh, it was always going to be a rough uh, – or, excuse me, a tough-taking – it was always going to be tough taking on the defending champs in their backyard after uh, coming off of a bye week. We pushed them to their limit and walked away with a point on the table on to Hoboken, which I think is actually a great way to sum up um, the game itself. So I think Bo Bozo went uh, essentially one and four in his picks in the first week that we've had him on here for that type of thing. So um, he does have some round five picks here, guys, with no explanation given. Um, so he picked uh, <laughs> Seattle over NOLA, Utah over Dallas, Atlanta over Houston, the Jabronis over the Gilweenies, and the Jacks over Hoboken RFC, which is Rugby New York. Um, in this episode, it is Rivalry Week, guys, episode 30 here. So we're going to be using a lot of nicknames for our buddies down south there in uh, Rugby New York. So that is just one that we use around here lately is Hoboken RFC just because they play in New Jersey. It's funny to us. But, um, yeah, what do you think about those picks? I think those are pretty good. Um, I might tip Houston over Atlanta. Yeah. But otherwise, I probably agree. And I think that's, you know, uh, maybe a coin flip of a match. They're both good. It's just tough mm -hmm. to call. Yeah. I think, I mean, I see I think three... he can feel pretty good about the other picks. I hope. Yeah. I see three really good games here. I mean, Atlanta versus Houston is going to be big. The Jabronis against the Gilweenies in the uh, 
Gilchrist Bowl is going to be awesome. And then, of yeah. course, our game, which is the big rivalry game of the weekend, our Jacks versus um, the Hoboken semifinalists uh, is going to be a really good one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so free Jacks news. Let's move over to this real quick. The Rangers are on the march, Dave. Uh, we're hoping to get 20-plus Rangers that will be in attendance this weekend in Hoboken to watch our Jacks take on Hoboken RFC semifinalist. I know that yourself and your family will be there. My girlfriend and I are, are making the trip down actually the day before, so we're getting a hotel. And then after the game, we're heading right back up to New England. Um, you excited? Yeah, I'm excited. We're following the same plan. We're actually um, we're making a whole holiday weekend out of it. We're going to hit uh, Ellis Island and Liberty Island, and we're staying there, getting down early Saturday like you are, yeah. staying the night Saturday night, and then rushing back after the match on sunday so that's should awesome. be a really good weekend yeah. um i'm glad to hear we're gonna have i mean that's that's six just between you know you and me and our people so yeah um i think we're and, looking good i'm excited i've been you know kind of tagging steve lewis the coach down there on social media telling him we're you know we're coming yeah um can't wait he's excited new york's excited i mean they're gonna be great hosts those guys are really looking forward to uh their home opener this weekend so I think it'll be really a great atmosphere, and I can't wait to get down there and watch what's going to be a fantastic rugby match. Yeah, super excited as well. Um, you know, when we're, we're kind of poking fun at, at uh, Rugby New York, of course, but when we're in the stadium, it's all about respect. Rugby is about respect, uh, ultimately, is what the game is all about. So, you know, we will definitely show them quite a bit of respect. Um, and after the game, uh, you know, it's all about camaraderie and, you know, brothers and sisters coming together regardless of what team you support and have a beer and all that fun sort of stuff. So, yeah, super excited for that. I did want to also announce because the, the travel has been finalized that in addition to this away game here down in Hoboken, uh, myself and my girlfriend are going to be making the trip to Toronto. I know I've flirted with the possibility to go see um, Austin down there when uh, the Free Jacks take them on, but we've decided to go to Toronto instead uh, in May up there in the Great White North. So I'm excited about that. I've never been to Toronto, been to a couple other places in Canada, so uh, probably we'll make our way down to Niagara Falls as well uh, to check that out. Never seen that, so super excited about that as well. Let us, let's get into the LA review. Um, so it's always tough, you know, going through these, uh, these uh, reviews when we lose a game. We're not used to that this season so far, but it was going to come to an end at some point. I wasn't expecting this team to win 16 games on the bounce there. So, yeah. Um, so LA 19, Free Jacks 15. An early LA penalty allows the first points on the board with Waka kicking through the uprights, three to zero, two minutes in, looking pretty good uh, at that point. A dominant LA scrum leads to the first LA try as Hanco, the Terminator, uh, Hermesis, rumbles in. Conversion is good. 7-3, 15 minutes in. And when that scrum looked so dominant for LA, I was like, uh-oh, this ain't good. I mean, it was kind of sign, a sign of things to come. I think we did win a couple of scrums ultimately in the game, but mostly it seemed like LA had the, the control there. An offload leads to a line break and champagne rugby, as Dallin called it on the broadcast there, an L.A.-style try uh, by Ben uh, Lassange, I think is his last name. Yeah, Ben Lassange, that's right. Yeah, uh, and the conversion was no good. So uh, at this point, it's 12-3. to 3. Um, so that's two unanswered tries by uh, L.A. And at this point, you know, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, uh-oh, you know, I, I talked about what games I don't like to see, which is just the runaway scores uh, against us. 
you know, you, you almost want to have to turn it off uh, once it gets uh, to an outrageous point. But, you know, we were still in the game. It wasn't insurmountable points to overcome, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I was getting a little worried because if they had scored another try and another one, and then it's just like, uh-oh, this this thing's gone here, at the, you know, so early on. So at that point, the Rangers make the trip. Uh, so hang on, let me start over. The Rangers that made the trip out west could be heard in that empty stadium on the broadcast at this point as the Jacks made their uh, late first half attack into L.A.'s 22. Some crisp passes and a bounce of the ball allows Paula uh, Bellincana to score the in the corner. Dallin says Bellincana will make onions cry on the broadcast, which is absolutely brilliant. Conversion <laughs> is missed, unfortunately, so it's 12 to 8 at halftime. Felt really good to get in uh, that try before the half. Felt like we were standing toe-to-toe with the defending champions. What did you think about the first half, Dave? Yeah, I think uh, you're right. That try was huge. Uh, it was probably uh, – I mean, you can't, I guess you can't call it the turning point in the match since mm-hmm. we didn't win, but it was a critical moment, an inflection point, I guess you could say, yeah. that, that really helped set the tone coming into that second half. Um, those two LA tries both came kind of the same way, uh, on unders lines or like inside attacking lines. So running outside in mm-hmm. the first one was a switch off the scrum, just a really well run, you know, well drawn up play. Um, and then the second one was just hands were going out and they kind of changed direction. Yeah. Uh, the kind of, what that means is that it's very coachable. Like that's very fixable. It's probably something LA noticed the way we were defending. We were a little vulnerable to those angles Mm -hmm. so i think that that uh is something that they can address really uh directly in practice um just look at some film and say how did they do this um how you know what do we need to do to make sure it doesn't happen in the next match against new york um it was uh a a little bit of a heartbreak waka definitely stepped out on his almost try but um the initial angle you couldn't see you just kind of think you just couldn't even see his footfall they had to go to the second camera yep and oh man it felt so good for that that sweet sweet moment mm-hmm. um but uh alas it, it wasn't to be um overall it was a good good half score going into the half was was you know where they needed it to be within a within a within a try yeah, it's almost like the New England Patriots. They kind of took uh, that from their playbook where you want to score before the half is over with and you want to put the first score on the board right after the half. And that's exactly what the Free Jacks did, you know, getting back in here to this. Uh, right after halftime, the Jacks get a mall from line out try, uh, just what they needed after the half. Conversion is good, and the Jacks find themselves on top of the defending champs in an empty L.A. Coliseum after making that long road trip. You know, it's looking good at that point. You're feeling real good about this team. Uh, unfortunately, a turn of fortune that I've, I've pointed out here in the game is when Mitch Wilson gets knocked into next week in a tackle, in the process, knocking the ball on that is scooped up by the Terminator himself, Hanko Hermeshites, and L.A. is off to the races again. A heroic and relentless defense by our Jacks at the try line comes up just short as L.A. eventually is able to punch in a try from pick and goes. Conversion is good. 19-15, 67 minutes in. But at that point, you're still feeling good, right? Because we're within reach here and it's coming down to the wire, just as we talked about could happen in this game. It becomes squeaky bum time after that. What we're hoping there's many opportunities for the Jacks. And what I have written down here is the Jacks stayed in this game throughout the second half. At no point did I feel like we had lost the game until the final whistle blew. 
there was a mall try that was celebrated celebrated by all the fours that was called held up by the referee. Um, there was uh, what is now being called the one that got away uh, from a kickoff that L.A. scored. It looked uh, it looked like uh, an L.A. player swats the ball back into the hands of LaRue Milan, who sprints down the pitch, passing off eventually from um, Poland to Harry Barlow, who scores a try in the automatic seven-point area. But the referee in TMO, I believe, was involved in this to determine that the ball was knocked on by the Jacks and LaRue was in an offside position catching the ball so the points come off of the board absolutely brutal what did you think of those that uh, held up call and also the one that uh, brought back the seven points yeah i haven't um i haven't poured over the video frame by frame or anything but i think they were good calls uh watching it in you know at the match not at the match but watching the match live um i agreed I i thought in both cases you know, you can see the video the TMO is reviewing and, you know, in both cases before the uh, I, I usually try to think in probabilities. And, you know, I thought the announcers did a good job explaining what they're actually looking for in that first video review, especially with the mall, yep. um, where the way it works is the referee makes a call on the field. They make a determination so they don't just throw up their hands and go, I don't know. What does the TV guy think? <laughs> you know, they, they say, I think this is not a try. Right. So that's what they say. I think this wasn't a try. I didn't see definite grounding. Then they check with the TMO. Can you look and see evidence that the ball was grounded? If you see on video evidence that the ball did make contact with the ground, then we're going to change my decision on the field from no try to try. That's basically how it works. The on the field referee gives the TMO kind of parameters to work in. And so knowing that what the TMO was looking for was clear evidence of grounding it wasn't in the video if the referee doesn't see clear evidence of grounding and the tmo doesn't see clear evidence of grounding you can't they can't award a try so it doesn't mean the ball didn't touch the ground somewhere in there it means that you know there's things you can do free jacks need to protect the ball a little better from uh, their opposition get it down a little earlier or more clearly i mean you do at the end of the day have to prove that you scored it's not you know if if you go down in the bottom of a pile of a bodies it's uh, it's real tough to get that call um so i thought that was good uh the the other play the knock on or no knock on um i i found it a little hard to tell in the video like it seemed like a coin flip and so you know we didn't it didn't go our way it would be nice to get i don't feel like aggrieved like you know the knoll to try we always bring up right from last season i don't think it's anywhere near that sort of uh uh level where we're like well clearly the decision was wrong um i mean in that case there just was no tmo right so there's nothing to appeal to you just oh well what can you do yeah um they were tough yeah yeah the the try the try from the mall um peter jansen's try that we got i thought was very good yes um have to have to brag about my boy eric de Jager. you can see him on the video just a really great shot he kind of swings out wide as the mall is creeping toward the touchline and he gets stuck in and he hits it and he keeps it from going out and he generates some go forward and then he shields the ball carrier as they power over the line just does a great job good type five stuff that you know um uh, devils in the details for those guys. Hell yeah. Um, you know, the last part here that I wrote down is the Jacks 
have a few more opportunities to take the lead late in the game that were wasted due to handling errors. In the end, the fairy tale comeback was not in the cards. We're on to Hoboken, essentially. So, you know, you can look at it. I've looked at this several different ways since the game. Like, obviously, you want to feel very proud of our Free Jacks for standing toe-to-toe against the defending champions that came off of a bye week at their house that we had to travel 3,000 miles to get to, uh, the Free Jacks, that is. So, I mean, you're definitely proud of the effort. You know, uh, we saw a stat online today that's absolutely insane. Um, you know, the, through the first four weeks, the Free Jacks three times have had the most tackles in games. And the only reason we didn't have it four in a row is because we had that bye week. So our defense is completely relentless and, and very gritty. It's very New Englandish, you know, to, to get out there and just – you know, put in these tackles that they're doing, which are superhero level of tackles at this point. Um, yeah, I mean, to, to keep it within seven points, you know, uh, against the defending champions and all of their, you know, their flashy glitz and glamour, all of that nonsense is going on at L.A. is super impressive. And I'm proud of them. But at the same time, it's yeah. a heartbreaking loss you know, as well, because if you get that close, you just want them to win. You know. Yeah. We look, we look deadly on attack, something we haven't even had to, not had to, but had an opportunity to see much of the Free Jacks. You get the feeling that we can do a lot more with ball in hand than we've yes. been showing so far, right? Yes. That we saw a little bit of that in LA, looked really good. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a huge tackle count, 274 tackles, absolutely bananas. We had good discipline, only gave up, let me see how many penalties we had here, five penalties. We beat LA in penalty count, my key to the game, we kept it close, Um, didn't quite win it for us, but we did what we needed to do there. It was five to seven. Um, Both teams did struggle with ball control. We paid more for it. It cost us our scoring opportunities. LA just kind of coughed it up most in times that affected them a little bit less and maybe that's rose colored glasses for me maybe you know their fans feel differently that they lost a bunch of opportunities too but uh you know it it wasn't the cleanest ball handling game both teams had you know we had 10 handling errors they had eight um so improvement there can be made um we struggled a little bit dealing with their like tackle breaks. So when they got those big line breaks, they really made a lot of hay. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that's something that I, maybe we can tweak or take a look at. Uh, they, they were able to generate a lot of positive play off those line breaks and then also flooding the wide channels with support. You know, one of those tries at one point, uh, you know, the guy literally could have thrown it to any of four people to, to make the last carry and touch it down. They just, they did a great job getting over there. That's fitness and just work rate from LA. Um, and we uh, weren't, didn't have as many people there as we could have. They just look good in those spots. Um, and most of all, I think we just need to be a little bit more clinical. Our game plan was good. Like our strategy was good. Uh, we just got burned on a few errors and just a couple set piece. It took a little bit of time for our set piece to stabilize in the beginning. So we lost some opportunities early. And then there were a few critical moments as the match went on where uh, we just let ourselves down a little bit when we had possession and weren't able to capitalize on it either from the set piece or, you know, immediate first, second phase. Yeah, I think we hit on um, 
our key to the games last week, you're talking about yours. You know, we had less penalties than they did. So that's a win for us. And then for mine was give them hell, which means be competitive in all aspects of the game. I think we checked that box as well. We just didn't, we came up short, unfortunately. It's, it's sad, but it is what it is, unfortunately. Yeah. And um, I, I, I want to pay respect to like everybody involved. LA, gracious winners. Their fans were great. New England fans, gracious losers. Everything I saw on social media, all anybody wanted to talk about was how good a game it was from yeah. either side. Side, LA fans, New England fans, everybody just said, wow, that was 80 great minutes of rugby, you know, yeah. um, really positive players seem positive. It was cool watching Josh Larson, you know, chatted up with Vandemarva, uh, you know, injured, but LA, yeah. you know, uh, winger, longtime Canada winger, you know, those yeah. guys have been teammates for a long time on the Canadian national team. Mm -hmm. One of the cool things about MLR is bringing those people together in a professional context, not just a couple times a year, yeah. you know, on their international teams. Um, I thought the Coliseum looked great. I know it was a little bit empty, but you know, it's a huge venue. It looks good. Even if it was, you could have nobody there and I think it would still look good. And I think one thing we can't overlook, somebody else pointed this out on social media to me too, this week, players come into MLR from overseas to see the United States. That's a big part of the draw. Mm -hmm. It ain't the money for 99% of these guys, right? There's a right. handful of people in the league who are making, you know, pretty good cheddar, but it's not the majority by any means. And getting to go somewhere like the Coliseum, one of the most historic venues, like in sports, um, multiple Olympic venue host, you know, uh, it's a I think it's a big deal for a lot of these guys. They're professional athletes. They're into athletics, you know, and, and everything that brings. Um, and I don't know. It's just super cool. I want to win there. I really want to go back. You know, our third trip. L.A. needs to play us in New England next, first of all. I want them to have to come up here, you know, and play on one of these March 12th games. <laughs> yeah. um, see how see how pretty they look then. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, it was it was a great match. It lived up to the hype um really proud of the effort that the that the guys put in uh didn't you know chips didn't fall our way uh at the end of the day but um i think i think people can feel pretty good about the work that they put in and uh you know that they left it all on the field yeah i mean that's a great way to sum it up um i wanted to mention the musket size pants tent here uh for me it's uh hanko uh, the Terminator, the South African-born capped USA Eagle, is a force to be reckoned with. I like that he's no longer on New Jersey, but I hate that he plays for L.A. <laughs> <laughs> he scored a try in this one, and actually he scored three tries against Canada last year. He's one hell of a player, um, just a tremendous rugby force of nature. Um, yeah. yeah he's a him? unit. He makes himself yeah. known every match he's in. For sure. Who you got for MVP? Uh, I'm getting a little unconventional. I had a lot of people played well. Uh, I thought Poland looked great coming off the bench. Really excited that he's healthy. It was good to see Boyle get some minutes. Yep. Um, you know, it's those guys working their way back back into the squad after some injuries. Um, in a game with 274 tackles where we held the reigning champs to, you know, 19 points, um, I'm giving man of the match to the entire back row, Slade, Joe, and Terrell. They really stepped up. There's a great moment, like in the first five minutes, where you see, like, you know, LA run a blocker at Slade, literally just say, you know, a guy's on a dummy line, but makes a direct line for Slade and bumps him to keep him out of the phase, right? right. 
um, to make sure that he can't go contest that breakdown. And then one phase later, LA like switch it back the other way. Uh, Terrell Pita makes an enormous tackle on the tight head prop, not a small guy. You know, he overpowers the tight head. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe is over the ball. They win the penalty. Yep. Um, and that was right at the beginning of the match. And it really set a tone. I thought that the three of them as a unit played really well. Um, you need your back row to, to complement each other. The six and seven, especially the six does a lot of kind of protecting the seven and setting up opportunities, mm-hmm. but they're your best defensive players. And when you have them clicking like they were, and you have one guy making a dominant tackle and the next guy in over the ball to get the poach, uh, that system is really working. So as excited as I am to see Jesse Peretti get in there and get some time in the back row. Um, and as cool as it is to see Cam get, you know, some serious looks. Um, I am really happy with the way Slade, Joe, and Terrell are playing together. So that's my too long explanation for why I'm cheating and giving man of the match to three people as a unit. Fair enough. I mean, I'm so glad that Slade did not get any further, you know, uh, disciplinary action after that red card from last week. Yeah. Um, he's been he played with his head screwed on a little tighter. I thought this yeah. week he looked really a little bit more in control and like, maybe you lose a, you know, a step of aggression here and there, but I'd like to have him for 80 minutes, please. Yeah. I, I, I think that's an excellent pick for those three guys. Um, I want to tell you mine, it's a little bit more in, uh, unconventional in the sense of just this player might not have really been like, he's definitely the MVP of this game. It's always difficult for this award when we lose, right? I mean, it's easy to pick somebody when we win. I'm going to give this MVP award to a guy that Dave and I assumed would not be starting um, the way that he has. We figured based on the resume and the contract years that were signed that Wayne Vanderbank would be in this jersey. But all three games of the season so far, LaRue Milan has been a nice surprise. I'll say that Chris Lynn knew this kid would be good. He actually picked up, I think, as his MVP and like most tries for he I mean, did I, yeah i yeah. believe that's right yep so um an early know. backer chris yes was very early backer that bozo guy uh we need a uh, he had a great uh feet churning advancement of the ball after initial contact in this game i think he went like eight meters or something like that at least that's what it looked like and he also helped create the try that was now known as the one that got away with catching yep. that ball and running it down the field Unfortunately, got called back, but just wanted to give that guy a shout out in a, in a losing effort here. Um, we've definitely noticed that, that he's putting in good performances all around. Yeah, so. he had a huge stick on, I think it was him, on a, a kick chase as well at one point where he, he you know, the, the L.A. player, it was a good kick, so he, he had to run it back. He couldn't really kick it. He didn't have time. And Milan just nailed him and then marched him back, you know, five or six meters after the initial hit, just relentless, really physical. Um, He has been playing well. That's a great pick. Thank you, man. Uh, So you got anything closing statements before we close this one out for our LA review? Uh, No, just like I said, really, I'm proud of everybody, fans, coaches, players, you know, you never want to lose, but uh, man, I can't think of many losses that left me feeling as good as that one, you know, did. Uh, just all around everybody, great sportsmanship and, uh, not the result we wanted, but, um, tremendous, tremendous effort from the players. I concur. I'll just summarize it here as I did in on social media, great game. And we're on to Hoboken. So I got one word for everybody in three, two, one. Huzzah. Huzzah.
Huzzah, Rangers. This is Phil Harris again here at the Jacks Rangers show. Joining me once again is our Yeti brother, Dave McVeigh. Dave, how the hell are you? I am doing very well, Phil. Excellent. Looking forward to this New York match. Oh, hell yeah. So uh, this is the New York preview. Um, So just to start this off, you know, rivalry is extremely important in sports. We love to hate teams that aren't our team. Uh, New England sports teams have always been able to point just south of our region and say, we don't like those guys. Of course, I'm talking about the New York sports market. It's a rivalry of proximity, right? Um, They're not a part of this region. You know, it's a different area. It's New York City. It's a glitz and glamour, blah, blah, blah. It's just annoying that even though the organization to our south has really bad branding issues, three logos and two team name changes in four years, they have consistently put an excellent team on the pitch, and that is all credit to Stephen Lewis, uh, Steve Lewis, who's just an amazing rugby genius all around. Um, you know, the Hoboken RFC semifinalists, as we like to call them this season, are in first place in the East with a record of three wins and zero losses, a point differential of 44 and 14 tries scored and only six given up, sitting pretty at 14 points and will have home field advantage when the Jacks and a detachment of the Rangers show up in Hoboken this Sunday. New Jersey has gotten better in the offseason with the additions of Sam Windsor from Houston and Chance Wingluski. There you go. Yep. From Rugby ATL. What do you think about uh, New York? Uh, they're a very good team. Yeah, don't let the, <laughs> the ribbing and joking around about New York fool you. I love the Hoboken RFC joke. That's my favorite one so far, Thank definitely. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, don't, don't let all the quips uh, make you think that we're not taking them seriously because they are uh, – a very good team and i would say they're not even really playing the best rugby they can play yet that's terrifying um, yeah they're they're very good but uh watching the dallas game you know they they had a lot of errors that weren't that forced um and i think that frighteningly enough they they probably have not yet peaked whereas i you know i would compared to like austin who look better than New York look right now. I think I'd pick Austin over New York, but I also think Austin are like firing on all cylinders. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they are really cruising. They've hit cruise altitude and they're playing the rugby they want to be playing. Yep. I think New York is still tweaking and fixing and making adjustments to, to improve. Okay. Um, they, they are starting to come together as a team. Um, they're top of the East. Like you said, they've only missed out on one possible point they could get. Um, it's impressive. It's it is very impressive. Uh, I do think they're susceptible to being disrupted around the breakdown, so I think that's something we'll see New England focus on, uh, really slowing their ball down and winning those turnovers. And of course, we know what New England can do with a turnover, um, turn it into points real real capably. Mm-hmm. Uh, so look for that to be a really important area um, at this match coming up. How those back row players and other players uh, step up and contest possession um, and generate those turnover opportunities for us. I think we can disrupt them at the line-out. I think, just, I think every team is pretty disruptable at the line-out unless you really have, you know, in, incredible quality jumpers who are just so literally so big and tall that you can't compete. Um, and we have the size. We have the guys we need to compete with them. So I think we can, we can compete with them well in the line-out, win our ball, disrupt a couple of theirs. 
Um, ultimately, it's their set piece that's so dangerous. They're a forward heavy team, yep. which isn't to say their backs are bad. It's just to say their forwards are the best thing about them. Right. Um, so you really don't want to give them too many opportunities there. And it's going to be a big battle for our forwards, particularly in the scrum, I would say, um, just to you know hold, it, hold our own. Uh, Dallas probably has the worst scrum in the league, uh, mm-hmm. which, you know, somebody has to, I guess. It's not really a knock on Dallas. Uh, I think they're facing a lot of challenges um, coaching-wise, coming into the league late, stuff like that. But if you watch that New York-Dallas game, they really, really blow Dallas out. Um, the stats say they only stole four Dallas scrums, which I think is true in terms of, like, turning a Dallas put into a New York penalty or, or win. Um but none of Dallas's ball was clean, even the ones they won. They were under a lot of pressure. Um, New York was even like old school stealing the ball, like hooking it from, you know, they would, by the time <laughs> the ball rolled to the middle of the tunnel, they already had Dallas moving back so much that the New York hooker could hook the ball, which is exactly what you want. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's what, it's what you want, but it's also incredibly hard given just where scrum halves are allowed to roll the ball. Right. Like at this point. Yes. Basically under the waist of their hooker so the new york scrum has to go forward like three feet in the course of a half second for the hooker to do that and they were which is scary um so it's gonna be a tough match but it's gonna be really good i do think we're a good matchup um they like for things to go as planned they look a lot more capable when they're you know, plan is working than they do when things are starting to break down a little bit. And I think that plays into our favor, makes our disruptive nature as a team uh, a little bit of an asset coming in. Um, We eat pretty fun rugby for breakfast. So, you know, we're going to go down there and try to eat our Wheaties in New York. So, you know, looking at it from the preseason perspective we saw that there were four home games before our first or excuse me four away games before our first home game and i always figured you know if we can take three out of four then we're in good shape well we've already lost we've dropped one um we've beaten the two teams that most people would expect that we would have beaten in the first two games lost to la which i think a lot of people were predicting that that would take place not us of course we were hoping for the best but um it didn't come to fruition and now here's a game against your biggest rival after you've come across the country to lose to the defending champions you take a short road trip i mean you could really take a bus to get down there i don't know what's the point of flying to new york you know what i mean it's just wasting they took a bus to fly to la from new york so i'm sure they'll take a bus for yep. this weekend yeah it's it's not i mean it's an array away trip but i mean it's not like oh it's going to be hell on their bodies like i said last week against la that's not the case here um we will have fans there there will be lane rangers loud and proud there a contingent i know there was some people in la as well so that was encouraging but um it's going to feel more like home um especially with all of our rangers there this is a big game and i i believe that the leadership on this team is aware of that there, you know, obviously, we have a lot of internationals on the Free Jacks or any rugby team um, that's playing professionally in the United States has a lot of international flair and flavor to them. But I believe the, the leadership understands and will communicate to those guys that this is a big game. It's a rivalry game. We want to win this game as Rangers. We want to shove it in New York's face every single time we play them, regardless of the sport. And I, I believe that will be communicated. And I believe that our best foot will be put forward to try to win this game. Um, 
and I think we will win this game. I, I think that it is a winnable game. You know, New York is very good right now. They have proven that they are the best in the East at this moment. But here's the thing is that there's really three teams that are in contention in the East right now, and we're one of them. Okay, so there's no reason why we can't win this game. We've gotten better. I mean, we talk about how New York has gotten better, but so have we. Uh, we've really increased our depth on this team. So when it's getting later into the match, I feel confident in the guys that we put on the field. They're not going to lose the game for us. Um, I think it will be extremely close as well. This is going to be another one of those another squeaky bum time type of games that I mentioned last week. So with that being said, let's go to the key to the game. I will start first here. For me, this is something that I feel like we've talked about several times since the last time that we played them last season and stuff like that is stop the mall tries. The set-pieced mall to try is the bread and butter for the forwards of New York. That is the reason Dylan Fawcett, who is a hooker, um, is up there as the one of the top try scorers in MLR history. That is how they can easily score. If you're in the 22 and they have a line out, that's what they're going to do. It's our job, or excuse me, the Free Jacks job to stop that. Um, and I feel like we've neutralized them in previous games in doing that. So we just got to get back to that. Uh, so my key to the game, once again, stop the mall tries. Uh, what's yours? Uh, mine's related. Play in their half. I think okay. the territory battle will be big in this game. Um we can defend against their attack. We can score on their defense. Um, it's their set piece that we have to worry about, like you were saying. Mm -hmm. uh, scrums and lineouts both are going to be important platforms for New York to attack from. So I think as much as we can play a territory game, which is you know part of our game plan anyway, mm -hmm. uh, we have the excellent kicking that we have on this team from Bodine Waka. Um, and Mitch Wilson as well. Good kick back at 15. Um, so I think that we can achieve it. I think we're going to be trying to achieve it. You know, that that this key is hardly rocket surgery. Uh, but I think it will be particularly important against New York. We have to starve them of opportunities for those yep. line-out malls and then those big, powerful scrums that can turn into penalties that can turn into line-out malls. Um, so, uh, yeah, play in their half. Love it. I think it's fantastic. You know, we've talked about, we've heard specifically from staff members or people close to the team that the way that this team, this team meaning the Free Jacks, want to play is we want to have possession and grind out phases. Well, a lot of times that we've seen, we've been paying attention, it looks like other teams have more possession than we do at certain points that are key to the game. I really want to see that reverse. I want to see us hold on to the ball, you know, like you're saying, starve them of possession, be in their territory, um, and, and make sure that we're um, – uh, not missing on scoring chances, making sure that we're you know closing those opportunities and securing those opportunities to score and not shooting ourselves in the foot. Um, yeah, I, I really think this is going to be an extremely close game. I had a, a specific prediction in my mind, and I've actually made it even closer and, and reduced the point uh, margin um, based on thinking of it a little bit harder. So what do you got for prediction? I have 24 to 20. I think we win this game. I think it's pretty close. Yep. I don't think it's a runaway. I think it's another good game. Yep. Uh, in terms of just fairly low scoring, not a not a shootout. Um, I think both teams have good defense. So uh, I do think we win. Uh, I think it's close, more than a penalty. 
but not enough to be confident until the final whistle goes. I feel very good about your low-scoring affair. Uh, my prediction is New Jersey 20, New England 21. So just a razor thin win for the Free Jacks. I don't know how it's going to go down, but I think it's going to go down in squeaky bum time. 15 mm -hmm. minutes or less, something's going to happen, and we're going to either hold on to a win or just eke by somehow, some way, and win this game away from home down there in the state of New Jersey, across the Hudson from Manhattan, um, with uh, Lady Liberty staring uh, us in the face <laughs> to win the game. Uh, it's going to be great. Like, listen, this is a situation where, you know, you feel good where we are right now. We've won two games. We've only lost one against the defending champions away. Here's the issue is, like, you want to secure a victory here because if you don't, you're two and two. And you right. lose to the defending champions and you lose to your biggest rival at their place. That's not exactly how we want to be, you know, you know, uh, stalling or limping into our first home game. We want a, a resounding victory against our biggest rival so that we can open up uh, Fort Quincy this year um, to, tr you know, just excellent, excellent, uh, good vibes, I guess is the best way to describe it. And two and two sounds a lot worse than three and one. Yeah, it's a big game. Um, it would be huge for momentum coming into the home opener. And I agree that that four game road trip to open the season, you know, when we were talking predictions a few weeks ago, uh, you know, I said three and one out of these out of these four games, same as you. Mm -hmm. um, and I do think that it's it's a that puts us in a really good place to continue to compete for the number one spot mm -hmm. um, for the rest of the season. So sure. I do think it is important we can catapult ourselves up there with New York with a good, uh, solid victory. Um, it'll be the scoreline will matter, you know, in terms of who gets bonus points to both teams get bonus try bonuses for scoring four tries is the mm -hmm. loss within seven so mm -hmm. that the losing team gets a bonus point. There's going to be a lot to look for yep. as we watch, you know, and see how the results shake out. You know, we got a bonus point for that loss against. Uh, LA because we were close enough in score. It's just the way that the tables work in rugby. Yep. Um, so it, there's going to be a lot to pay attention to. It is an important match. Um, and I can't wait to see everybody down there at Hoboken <laughs> JFK stadium, baby. Oh yeah. Yep. Uh, a dry stadium. So make sure you get uh, real lubed up before you enter the stadium guys. Uh, that's, that's just right. one of the rules that they have there. Unfortunately they're playing on yeah. like, uh, a glorified a, middle school pitch essentially yeah so. yeah it's a it's a it's a high school right jfk high school i think is there maybe it is a middle school i don't know right i don't know uh, I just but yeah it's a it's a public there. it's a public school whatever yeah. school it is it's a you know it's a, it's a public school at hoboken which sure. is why there's no you know beer vendors or anything like that yep so hopefully we kick, uh, kick the Sopranos in the ass this time around. Um, you know, that'll be two wins on the bounce against them if you're, you're considering last year as well. So, you know, uh, you know, it's a great I always say this. It's a great day to hate New York, um, <laughs> regardless of what day it is. And, uh, you know, my final advice before we get out of here is teach a small child to hate rugby New York or make fun of them. <laughs> you know, we gotta we gotta build up the future generations of free jacks fans and not like this team down south and they make it so easy for us at certain times but their their uh, rugby team is, is legit and uh you have to give them a little bit of props there before we get out of here got anything else before we we jump out 
Uh, just want to plug the home opener one more time. March 12th. I yeah. really, really, I would love for the Free Jacks to get a sellout. I just oh, think it would be yeah, really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I have no idea where they're at in terms of metrics. I don't even know if it's in the cards. But mm-hmm. I'm telling everybody to buy tickets. We want to sell out for that match. I'm super excited that we're going to be Charles River Rugby. I'm wearing my Charles River Rugby hoodie today. Mm-hmm. Um, the We're going to be opening things up at 145 that day. It's a full day rugby festival live music irish wolfhounds the boston irish wolfhounds rugby team who will be playing against um battle of the irish teams of boston charles river was you know uh before the wolfhounds formed up charles river kind of was the irish team in the area oh i didn't Uh, know that you know our our orange and green you know colors um so we have a an Irish tradition on our team as well. Um, I don't know how much that played into the Free Jacks picking or if it was just good luck, but it's really a tremendous matchup. The Wolfhounds are going to bring the big guns. You know, they're a D2 side. They play a division above us. Um, uh, but we beat them a year ago at the big New England tournament. You know, we beat their first side uh, with our side. So it uh, should, be, should be a ripper. And yeah. uh, I can't wait. Everybody get your tickets, get there. Um, I emailed Ollie to ask him if I can do in-stadium play-by-play just for the Charles River match. I was like, I don't know if you guys are going to have somebody doing it. If you don't, you know, that's a long day for the PA guy if he's doing all three games. So if you want somebody else to do the Charles River game, I would love to give it a crack. So I haven't heard back yet, but um, yeah, hoping to have a lot of fun. Would love to see everybody. I'll be there all day at Veterans Memorial Stadium in Quincy, March 12th. Get your tickets. See you there. It's going to be an awesome time. Cannot wait. Uh, we got to get over this one first. Uh, so I'll definitely yeah, see you yeah. down there in Hoboken, and along with a lot of Rangers that are going to be listening to this. If you have, if you're, if you're one of those people that are on the fence about going down to Hoboken, plenty of great tickets available, I'm sure. So uh, get in contact with their representatives. There, I'm sure they're more than willing to, to give you a ticket, even though you're a Free Jacks fan like us. Um, so yeah, I hope to see you guys down there. And of course, I hope to see you, whoever's listening to this right now. Uh, I hope to see you at the home opener against Toronto on March the 12th. I've got one word for everybody to get out of here in three, two, one. Huzzah! Huzzah! Woo! Huzzah, Rangers! This is Phil Harris again here at the Jacks Rangers Show. Got a very special guest this time around. He is the best New York fan. He's the, you know, he's the main (laughs) New York fan. Uh, One of the only ones that we know, so we had to have him on the show, right? Uh, (laughs) His name is Scott, the big guy, Ferrara. Scott, how the hell are you? I'm doing well, man. How are you? I'm proud to be on the show again. I believe this is my second appearance, so I thank you for having me on. You're welcome. Uh, show us that kit you're wearing there, pal. <laughs> yep. So as as we know, I lost the bet from the last match that you guys won, so I'm wearing the New England kit. Thank you very much for graciously sending it to me, uh, over to me. Um, and just like every Palatine gear I get, uh, never the, the correct size. You know, it's, it was the correct size. You asked me my size, but Palatine always runs small for whatever reason. Yes. And that's why they suck. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I appreciate you, uh, you know, honoring the bet. Uh, you're a man of your word there. So it looks good on you. Uh, both Thanks. of our teams have navy blue incorporated, so it's not that big of a change for you, but it does look good. Thank you. I appreciate it. You're welcome. For the Rangers out there that may have missed your previous appearance on the show, give us a rundown of your personal and rugby background. Sure. So uh, I became a fan of rugby in high school through a teacher. Um, obviously starting with the Eagles and the All Blacks pretty much, you know, I think that's how a lot of guys started um, in my age. Um, going through into college, I played rugby for four years at University of Massachusetts Dartmouth. Um, played a little bit of men's league before I got injured playing men's league hockey and kind of had to quit contact sports. And uh, obviously I followed, you know, local rugby in New York and 
when Rooney came about, Rugby New York now came about. Uh, I got in on it on the ground floor as far as being a fan, and here we are five years later into the MLR, four years for New York, yep. you know, two years for, for New England, so it's, it's good. I like it. Yeah, it's been great so far. Tell us your, you know, plug your social media accounts and your podcast. You've got multiple ones out there. Yeah, so if for anything uh, New York related, then Phil's going to be on our live show. So if you don't catch Charlie, if, you if, if you're not watching our live show, you can watch the recording mm-hmm. on our fan page, uh, Rugby New York Supporters. Um, we're at RNY uh, Fans on all social media platforms. We do our uh, New York uh, episodes every Tuesday. We do a pre-match show before the uh, the New York matches. So check out our pre-match show before the New England's uh, home match. Uh, I should be at the stadium. Mike Kersey, I believe, will be at the Excelsior Club. And then uh, our other show is called uh, The Rugby Rant. Uh, it drops uh, Thursday nights, uh, Fridays on TRN. Me, Ty Braga, Rob Hammerschmidt. Uh, you know, we bring you uh, everything that's going on in the MLR in North America. Check us out at Rugby Rant Pod. Highly recommend both. I've listened to both. Even though I'm a Jacks fan, I have tuned in to the Rugby New York uh, fan uh, show every once in a while. Uh, the Rooster Booster time. Um, yeah. I've, I've been on the Rugby Rant twice at this point, so I appreciate you having me on there. And this will be my first appearance on the uh, Rugby United, spe- uh, excuse me, the Rugby New York specific fan show that you have. So our episode here that we're talking about that we're on right now should drop that Tuesday morning and that evening I'll be on your show. So that'll be yeah, 7 p.m. Eastern. Correct. Yes. Excellent. So if you're listening to this now and you happen to listen to it on Tuesday morning when it comes out, check me out on their live show at 7 p.m. All right. Uh, what does New Well, actually, let's reverse this for a second, because I wanted to talk about the identity of New York, um, the rug, rugby New York team. I, I want to say United, but that's yeah, no longer in there. There's yeah, it's, been, it's always going to be. I think we're just going to keep calling it really no matter what, to be quite yeah. honest. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's, it's no longer in there. So well, let's talk about the iteration of the first team, Rugby United New York. Uh, the owner wanted to unite all the local rugby clubs behind this professional club. So he wanted to use the term United. Current ownership has decided because, you know, the three feeder teams are the top three teams in New York and all the division two, three and four teams are, you know, are still involved in the team, but they don't really need to have the United portion anymore. Um, but right now the, their identity and their culture the past two years has been the, what they call the, the iron workers culture, the blue collar lunch pail, you know, come to work, come ready to work and do it kind of gritty the New York way. Um, and this year, because of a lack of COVID restrictions that we had last year, the team actually got to visit a couple of the local uh, um, shops. They did like, you know, climbing I-beams and, and you know, how to weld and, and all that stuff. And you know, they have the big picture in their gym of the, the guys uh, building the New York skyline, uh, you know, with no safety net. And I think that was another part of it is, you know, realize when you're out on the field, there's no safety net. So strive for perfection. Very cool. And I think the Academy has been called the Foundry now. Is that right? Correct. Yeah, okay. correct. So, the, yeah, the new they came out with the new name, the Foundry, because we're starting at the ground floor as far as building the metal that we need to move up to that uh, senior level team. It's pretty cool branding for sure. I mean, it's a little confusing because it's like, yeah. United's dropped off. It's just rugby, you know, rugby New York now. Um, they play in New Jersey. So it's just like, yeah, what's going on here? But, uh, you know, Obviously, you know, with a team that's been around for what, like four or five years at this point, they've had three uh, branding, you know, re- revisions there. But um, what does New York do well as a team and what do they need to improve to win the game? Well, honestly, right now it's their handling efforts. I think they're so excited to bring the, the flow to the back line that they're looking for that extra offload. It's, it's killing their drives because they're either you know, making a handling error, throwing it to nobody. It's being picked off because it was too long of a pass. Um, you know, right now, 
as far as set pieces, I think they've pretty much got it down. You know, they've been king of the ball, I would say, for the past four years. You know, Dylan Fawcett, you know, tri-leading score in 2019, scored most of his tries off malls. Yep. Um, I think he was second in tries in the, the ill-fated 2020 season. I think he was third or fourth in tries last season. Again, most of them off the mall. So we know the set pieces work. You know, they have a bunch of line-out specialists, two Eagles and Nick Spetta and Nate Brakely. Um, and I think the back line did well last year. But, again, I think they're just a little there's, – there's a couple new guys, and they're just trying to get that flow. They want to play that open Southern Hemisphere style. But, again, that extra offload is just for killing them right now. Do they have, like, uh, a New Zealand back staff there? or? Yeah, so, yeah. So, um, Rick Salizo uh, at New Zealand um, worked with the Auckland Blues for a long time, um, played in, in New Zealand, and has uh, his hand deep in New Zealand. And then guys like, you know, Andy Ellis being second year right. on the team. I think a lot of guys saw Andy's social media, believe it or not. And, you know, he stayed in the United States with his family. His kids go to school here, him and his wife going out. I mean, he had spectacular views of the 4th of July celebration this past year from his roof. And, I mean, it went viral in New Zealand as far as, as, as I know. I mean, there was guys commenting on it, like Dan Carter commenting on it, things like that. So I, I think using that has brought over some guys. But also, you know, they're smart about it. You know, two or three of those guys, while they were – raised in New Zealand, played rugby in New Zealand, you know, they were born in the United States and have American passports. So, right. you know, it's always, you always got to find that, that balance on that foreign player spot. Gotcha. Uh, what about the free jacks concerns you? Uh, again, you guys aren't doing that extra pass, right? So you just phasing it down and that's what's going to grind down a team. So yep. if you can continue not to do that extra pass, which is what I want New York to do, You'll phase it out, phase it out, phase it out. Eventually, you'll either score the try or you'll get inside the five-meter line and get those penalties because defenses are just going to get tired. Um, and then your tackles your tackles have been way better this season. Yep. Um, I, we, we call them on the, on the, on the rugby rant one and done tackles because what's happening is you don't need support to come off and finish the tackle, right? You make the initial contact. First guy's bringing the ball carrier down. That means the second guy can immediately go into the breakdown and try and jackal or yes. just set up a, break, a better breakdown to give you guys a better position in the defensive line. Um, so you guys, defense is outstanding. Yeah, the defense have definitely, you know, cranked up a notch this year for the Free Jacks. I consider it like relentless defense. They get after you, man. Like they they don't miss a lot of tackles at all. I mean, I, I feel like there's got to be some punishment in, in the locker room if you miss a tackle on this team because they definitely do not want any of that. There's a lot of um, bad asses on this team that love <laughs> tackle. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, no, you guys hit that. Oh, sorry, you guys hit the game line really fast on defense. It's really nice to see. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what players uh, should the Rangers be aware of for New York? Who's their danger man? I mean, obviously, Ed Fidel in the past couple of weeks has been the guy for, for New York as far as line breaks. Um, and you saw last week with Jason Emery's try where Fidel had the defense collapse on him and he threw a nice pass out to Jason Emery for him to score his first try, which uh, he mentioned on the, uh, the rugby rant this past week how he was in a two-year drought and was kind of in his head about scoring. Um, so Ed Fidel, obviously, um, Nate Brakely, um, for named first 15 and man of the match last week. Yeah. Um, you know, I, Dylan Fawcett, I mean, it's, it's, there's so many guys on the team that can do something. So I don't, it's not always going to be the same person every week. You know, Apanisa Kakabalabu is back from injury. Uh, Quinn Nawadi is back from injury. Sam Windsor is now on the team and, and his leg is obviously, you know, he's the number one point scorer. He leads the point scoring uh, in, in the entire uh, MLR, so uh, career-wise. So, I mean, it, you know, it could it, it could be one of those games where, let's say, New York wins by a lot because Appy was just flying through, you know, uh, a break because he's a seventh player. Or 
New York wins by three because Sam Windsor hit a penalty or drop goal with no, no time left. Who knows? You know? Well, we'll get your score prediction a little bit later on, but I wanted to ask you <clears throat> real quick here, who has the best hair on New York this season? We, we talked about uh, this previously. I know that you enjoy this on your podcast. Yes. So the question we always ask is between two players, and unfortunately I think one of those players changes hairstyle recently. So Charlie Hewitt was going – Charlie Hewitt from the U.K. Um, is, is rated to be an eagle. Um, had that Southern Hemisphere style mullet with the tight sides and the kind of not very long, you know, but very straight mullet. Yes. Um, versus uh, Johnny Grzycic, Czech. They call him Johnny G, who has this long, flowing black hair, almost Yarmir Yager, okay, hockey mullet esque. Nice. But uh, Charlie told me uh, that he was kind of saving that that hairstyle, and then uh, when his parents visited, him, he was going to get rid of it. Um, oh. His parents have since visited him and have left the country. <laughs> um, so I don't know if he has changed his hairstyle yet. We'll find out uh, you know, in, the, in the next coming weeks. But yeah, yeah, it's him. Yeah, Charlie or Johnny. Okay, right on. Uh, you know, obviously for our team, the champion is the Eagle, uh, Kyle Sequera, who you've had on the rugby ranch. Just an awesome yeah. guy with amazing hair, for sure. And just to go back, we had Holden Younger on the first episode of this season of the rugby ranch for RBK. So if you guys want to check that out. Dude, his side yeah. yeah, his sideburns. Yeah, his sideburns are big mutton chops. Yeah. Oh, big my God. The vampire man has yeah. some great mutton chops. Yeah. Uh, our, uh, our scrum halves this year are not messing around. It's one and one A, really. I mean, they're incredible. So, you know, we had John Poland fall off due to injury last week, but Holton just went right in there and just, you know, it was like, okay, I, I can do this. <laughs> no problem. Yep. I'm a veteran in this league. I, I've proven myself. So, yeah, we were very confident in him stepping in, and he's going to be doing that this game as well which right now we're recording this prior to round four so there you go guys on that but um before we get into the score prediction i wanted to uh just mention i'm going to give you know new york a little bit of a compliment here like we love to make fun of you guys with the branding issues and playing in new uh, jersey it's just an it's it's low high uh, hanging fruit right you just grab onto that and kind of make fun of you guys but i will say that this team is well constructed i think a lot of that you know credit should go to stephen lewis who's an absolute rugby genius but this team year in and year out they're well put together and you expect them to be in the playoffs every single year. And just, you know, based on what we've seen so far, they look like they're in mid season or end of season form. They've played really well. Um, so I wanted to throw that out there uh, and compliment your team a little bit. Thank you. Appreciate it. Do you think uh, they're the best in the East right now? Um, it's, it's hard to say, you know, I think the first five weeks in the MLR are always tough because the Northeast teams are always going to be on a buy. So they're always going to have a game in hand, you know, versus mm -hmm. people. So now, that's coming to fruition where I think Atlantis has their bye week. Um, you know, you guys playing great, beating teams you're supposed to beat right. by a lot of points. Yep. So that that's always a feather in your cap the first couple of weeks. Um, us grinding out the top two teams in the you know, at the time, the Western Conference and the Eastern Conference yep. in games. You're, you're, I mean, I guess you, you call you can call them sneaking wins because let's be honest, you're, when you play the top competition, you're either winning by a little bit or you're losing by a little. Right. So, I mean, I think right now between Atlanta, New England, and New York, I can't really give like – you know, however the standings are right now makes sense. At the end of the season, I think those three teams are still there for the playoffs. Yep. Just don't know what the order is going to be. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. We were hoping that Atlanta would drop off a little bit with their coaching change, but that doesn't seem to be the case, unfortunately. So, uh, we'll see what happens on that front. But uh, what is your score prediction for the game? I'm going to say New York by one. I think oh. it's going to be a slugfest. Okay. Um, I think it's going to be more of like 
Yeah, I think it's I think it's gonna be a slugfest. I think it's gonna be an Atlanta Nola esque game where I'm picking New York by one, but if a team won by you know an uncoverted try, would be surprised. Very nice. Uh, I'm gonna say Free Jacks by three. I don't know the actual score yet, but we'll we'll post that on our social media when the time comes. Um, do you have any tips for people that will be visiting guys? I know that we're bringing down a, a contingent of Rangers. Some Continentals will be marching down from the Boston area down there to New Jersey. You got any tips for us? Um, right now, just if you're, if you're not following the social media, follow the New York uh, team social media. They should be posting announcements on pre and post match events. Mm-hmm. Um, parking's tight down there on the street. There's a bunch of parking garages um, within like a five or 10 minute walk of the yep. stadium. Um, no alcohol is allowed in the stadium this time, but there will be concessions open with food and, and other types of drinks. Mm-hmm. Um, and just come say hi. I'm in uh, what section five, row three. Okay. I think, yeah, section five, row three. Um, so come say hi. I'd love to take pictures with people. Me and Phil got a great picture last time when I went up to Massachusetts. We sure did. Um, so, yeah, and just, hey, you know, we're all fans. We, you know, we respect you guys. We love that you guys are fans of your teams. Um, you know, so, again, I expect the neutral respect to be flowing during match time. And just have fun with us because we'll definitely have fun with you guys. Oh, for sure. You know, there's going to be banter prior to the match, especially on social media. But oh, yeah, uh, at the venue, we'll embrace his brothers and we'll buy each other a beer. That's what rugby is all about. It's all about respect. Absolutely. You know, it's kind of weird because like we're Americans, right? This is an American sports landscape. Rugby is a foreign sport. But, you know, we have to have some sort of, you know, mix with like the culture of the rivalry. Um, it's not really hatred, but like yeah, there's that type yeah. of like, we don't like you because of the city, you, all that stuff. But yeah, yeah. rugby, you know, we have to find some sort of nice mix because it's, you know. Listen, uh, it's about the 80 minutes on the pitch. And then once right. the 80 minutes are over, right? We right. Hang out. For sure. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what were your, to, before we get to the one word association and get you out of here, you know, as you were talking about, you did uh, come up to Massachusetts for the uh, the game. The last time that these two teams played, it was a parental downpour. It was not great weather. I think you were the uh, you and your uh, lovely wife were the only people there that were New York fans, if I can recall correctly. Uh, well, Chris Matina's family was there. Okay, uh, his lovely fiance, um, his brothers and sisters, and I believe his parents were there. But other than that, I didn't see many New York fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what was your thoughts about that game overall? Um, I think it was a good game. I know there was at one point, I forgot, I think J.P. Doyle was, was uh, officiating the game. Okay. And I didn't understand at one point, late in the game, when New York had a chance to come back a little bit, Troy Lockyer was running with nobody in front of him. And they called an advantage. New York had advantage. And they called the ball all the way back to the spot of the penalty when there was nobody to stop Troy's advance. Like, he was gone, right? Mm-hmm. And I didn't understand that. So I thought it was weird. So in, in doing that, I had spoken to some of the people in the league and, and, and at the league. And it was interesting for them to say, well, you know, obviously referees aren't going to make the call all the time. Right. But they felt that for whatever reason, he just glitched in his head. I just thought it was funny that somebody from the league would come out and say that to me privately, that a referee just had a glitch in their head about something. Yeah. And you know what? I was like, it happens. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it, that's the sport. Um, other than that, I had a great time uh, yeah. during the, the thunder and the lightning delays. You know, I was hanging out with other Massachusetts fans. Like I said, I went to UMass Dartmouth, so we were just talking right. about like, a few stuff. And yeah, yeah. Anything. My wife had a fucking miserable time. Fucked up her phone in the rain. If, if you guys oh, see man. pictures, I was in flip-flop shorts yes. and a t-shirt the entire time in my hat. Um, but, yeah, no, it was one of those matches where it was a slugfest. It was fun. Obviously, you know, it didn't have that much fun because New York didn't win. But, right. you know, it's one of those – I told my wife, in 20 years from now, when we're hopefully going to New York games because we're still season ticket holders, we could talk about that time we went to New England. 
Right. Yeah. Are you planning on coming up uh, at any point this year? Uh, I'm trying to. I'm going to see what my schedule is like. Okay. Um, but yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and come up this year. We got what two down here, one up there. Yeah, that sounds um, right. So yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm looking to schedule it soon, hopefully. And, and luckily, my parents have a little house on the Cape, so yes. You know, usually it's it's a little bit of an easier commute for me if I go to the Cape the night before. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. That game was very galvanizing for the fan base of the Free Jacks. I think we've, you know, we all talk about that game like, you know, it sucked because there was a rain delay. It was lightning. It was terrible weather. But the people that stayed really bonded together. So I think that was one of those really cool moments for the the early Jacks history there. So, yeah, we got one word association then we'll get you out of here, my friend. So the first one on here, and this is, a, you know, I know about <laughs> I know this about you here. So I'm going to throw this one out first. OK, Ohio State. Suck eyes. <laughs> uh, Steve Lewis. The lizard. Well, lizard. Yeah. Philadelphia. I got to do I, way more words. That I fucking hate Philly. I just fucking hate Philly. Like, I got to be honest. If they put an MLR franchise there, they might become on rival. Like, yeah. Makes mean, sense. Big, people who don't know there's a big football and hockey rival with Philly. So, yep. you know. For sure, yeah. Uh, Free Jacks. Uh, number two. I like that. Rugby Rant. Fun. Alexander Magleby. <laughs> uh, full contact CEO. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Way to get that <laughs> in. All right, Scott, this has been awesome, man. I will see – I will be there. I didn't say that, you know, at all, but I, I will be there along with our contingent, maybe about 15, 20 – probably the maximum there but yeah we'll, we'll see nice. you there man awesome great thank you so much for having me on the show and i'll see you on uh, on sunday all right huzzah brother Woo! all right rangers tell us how we did send us an email at jacksrangershow at gmail.com continue to interact with us on social media we have seen an uptick in as uh, rugby new york likes to call it engagements on social media appreciate you guys listening into this fine podcast interacting with us on social media that does a great deal of help to this show um if you haven't done it already give us a five-star rating on the platform of your choice that you listen to this podcast on and give us a like and subscribe on YouTube as well. We do, you know, put out videos that accompany the podcast every single week. So if you can give us a like and a subscribe over there, we would greatly appreciate it. Wanted to jump over to, of course, on this day in American Revolutionary War history. I'm going to skip ahead a little bit. Let's uh, let's talk about March 5th, which is right around the corner, the day prior to our Free Jacks taking on Hoboken RFC, aka the New Jersey Dirt Peckers. That is March the 5th, 1770. So a lot of people are going to hear this in the Boston area know exactly what I'm talking about. This is the Boston massacre that leaves five dead civilians on the street of Boston after British soldiers fire on them. It is often thought to be the pivotal event leading up to the American Revolution because it galvanized colonial opinion against the British. The quote of the day for the Revolutionary War history quote of the day is, I have not yet begun to fight. That is John Paul Jones. And it's a perfect quote for our Free Jacks who have lost a game in L.A. in a tough fight that ultimately came up short in. And now we have to face off against our greatest and biggest rival, New Jersey. So, yeah, guys, you know, we need you. If you're coming out, make coming out to Hoboken like a lot of the Rangers are. Make sure you're loud and proud for our Free Jacks. They're going to need every single one of us there, willing them to victory against Hoboken RFC as Hoboken RFC, as we know, is a very good team. So I, hopefully I'll see you 
down there. If you see me on New Jersey soil, make sure you say hello and that you listen to the show. We'd greatly appreciate it. Shake my hand and looking forward to seeing everybody down there. If not, we'll of course see you on March the 12th at our first home game opener there in Quincy, Massachusetts at Fort Quincy. Saddle up. Let's ride. Beat New Jersey. Huzzah, baby. Woo!